0: Hello, everybody. This is another week with Where's My Compass podcast, and this week I have a friend of mine, Anna, who's with me, and I'm really excited that she's here. Hey.
1: She drove
0: from faraway lands just <laughs> to be here. Thank you. Yeah, happy to be here. <laughs> okay, so Anna, where are you from originally? Um, I'm from
1: Anchorage, Alaska. That's where, where we are right now. Just far north. The far far. Home. Yeah, well, the, you know, people say it's not the real Alaska, but I think there's, there's yeah, a lot to be had. It is. Um, yeah.
0: It's an eclectic. Yeah, it's the, probably the most ghetto of
1: Alaska. Oh boy. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> I've heard some things about North but. It's a little odd up there. Yeah. I don't know, though. I, you know, the only time I've ever visited was with a friend who was buying a prodigious amount of weed. So uh, that's <laughs> my only experience oh. in that zone.
0: But, Did you have to go all the way to the
1: North Pole to get the weed? Is that. Not the North Pole, but yeah, North Pole, the town. Yeah, town. Yeah, I don't know. It was hopefully past the. What's the amount of time before? <laughs> that's how the crime happens and it's not. Prosecutable, but um, yeah. Uh, most of my experience in Alaska has been in Anchorage, and now I'm living in a more eclectic place, even than here. Uh. <laughs> and you love it? Uh, I love a lot about it. Um, <laughs> I live in Whittier, Alaska, right now, and it is a very rainy place. It's the rainiest place I've ever lived. Temperate rainforest style very Southeast vibes. Yeah. Um, And it's getting me down.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I can't imagine.
1: Because it's different when it's that kind of rain. Yeah, freezing rain in January. It's
0: taught me a lot about
1: myself, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a, I don't know,
0: like pandemic, but not pandemic. It's like, you just have to go inward.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of what I was looking for, I think. Yeah. was the opportunity to uh just indoor something so i'm living it
0: (laughs) You are living it you're in the thick of it so also like i don't i don't know who knows about what that's listening there is like a two percent on here from germany oh i don't okay yeah cool it's awesome very strange yeah so like Whittier
1: is such a, do you know the population? I think in the wintertime, it's like 150, 200 people max. There's not maybe 250, but it's, it's not a lot of people. Most of the people that live there come in for seasonal jobs to work at the fish plant, to work on boats. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the gateway to Prince William Sound. So lots of fishermen, lots of, uh, Lots of boat people. Yeah. Um, And they do all the glacier cruises out of there and uh, all kinds of exciting things. I have yet to be on a boat despite living there for like six months. I have yet to go in the water (laughs) at all. I think that's maybe what's bringing me down. I need to like actually experience the like recreational business aspect of that. Like people do have a good time and I know people that enjoy it there. but.
0: Yeah, you yeah. just gotta find it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I just gotta get on a boat. I just gotta get on a boat. Yeah, I mean, you kayak during the summer, right? Um, I didn't this year, but um, pack raft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's pretty out there. Like the water's great. And- yeah, it's so
0: like it's so clear. Like it's a mm-hmm. different type of. I don't even. It's very magical. It can be. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I, I have a. I've, I've been going on a lot of just solo walks because there's not a lot to do there besides going to the bar. So it's it's walking, it's walking around, going to the beach and watching otters and sea lions and stuff, Aww. which is kind of delightful. Um, and I, I was actually just speaking with a friend who goes out there somewhat frequently to free dive, which is wild to me, diving without a tank <laughs> in the cold water <laughs> uh, in the winter. How can you, things. how long...
0: It's, I mean, it has to be like a certain amount of time before your body, like goes into shock. right? Well, I
1: think they wear like dry suits or really thick wetsuits. Um, and they you know, you can't be underwater for that long with no oxygen. So, yeah. <laughs> and you know, they practice their like apnea and their, you know, breathing exercises and stuff to get that's their nuts. time down. But yeah, um, I bet that's a dopamine rush. Oh gosh, I bet it feels so good. Yeah.
0: Like the whole day you're just like living the high life. Even just the
1: cold plunge of it all, like probably does wonders. I need to kind of work up to that. I have to reach out (laughs) to those (laughs) people, but, um, yeah. And I, I'm impressed with that. I do want to get my cold water dive cert eventually, maybe this summer, baby steps. Yeah. I mean, if I can come back on land or up in the air and it'll be maybe warm. Right. We'll see. yeah Yeah, that's that's epic to even like yeah i'm impressed every time i hear about it. Like that you even got to that point
0: yeah so that's great yeah it's much healthier than
1: going into a bar yeah i mean i think they probably do both but (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) balance Balance. (laughs) love finding balance (laughs) oh it's a journey it always is um you've gone to oh also like Whittier has a tunnel.
1: Mm, yeah, you know, it's a gated community. Right, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's always a trip to me. Mm-hmm. So Whittier is located um, about, I don't know, 20 minutes south of Girdwood. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a tunnel, what is it, about one and a half, two miles through yeah. a mountain. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, and I believe it's the state, the DOT that. Um, controls the tunnel and it's I think $11 or $13 every time you go in they only make you pay one way thank goodness um wow it's a lot more expensive than it used to be (laughs) (laughs) did it did the price go I remember it was like maybe seven
0: dollars or something I
1: feel like it was like less than five at one point. Oh wow okay I think that was maybe before I went there for the first time it was a place that I visited as a kid because my neighbor growing up had an apartment in the big building Mm. and the one of the weirdest things about Whittier is that 90% of the people that live there live in a single apartment building. And there's a lot in that building. Mm-hmm. Like there is. The there's post office. Post office, stores. There used to be more, I think, but um, they, I think they moved to the city hall. They finally built a separate building for, for like the police station in the city hall. But, yeah, you know, I think the church is in the big building. They call it the BTI. Um, Interesting. Or the BDIs because... There's a lot of um, older folks that will watch you and gossip about you when you walk by. Hey, that's, that's anywhere. It's like real life next door app. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. And I, yeah, it, periodically I'll hear about the drama in the building and it's a very old building and the elevators are a little sketchy, but you know, people love it there. People have formed some pretty, strong community ties there, which is cool. That's I'm cool. not the most neighborly person, so it's it's been interesting right. to be in a small town and kind of have a weird outside coming in kind of view on the, the community building that happens. Right. Um, is there a school there? Yeah, there's a school. It's behind the big building. They have a tunnel. Right. That goes underneath the apartment building to the school.
0: That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I know that I think my um, my baby daddy told me one time that there was such a big storm that they couldn't get out of the tunnel, and they
1: had to helicopter food in. Whoa! Yeah. Oh, from the big tunnel, like through the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind of checks out. So the weather there has been more intense than anywhere I've lived. Um, I, I think it's just intensity. It's La Nina. It's yeah. It's uh, a Nina year. year.
0: Anyway, like it's forty five. In Anchorage right now, and it should be negative twenty. Yeah, like yeah. Usually this is when we have our good cold stretch. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. I'm a little
1: mad about it. You're you have a different thing going on. I just need to go outside every day. It's challenging in the freezing rain. I. You can go outside here. I will.
0: (laughs) I'll I'll do it later. Yeah, I need, need some fresh air. Uh huh. That's what we've been doing every morning. I take the dogs into the woods every morning as soon as the sun comes up at nine o'clock. We spend an hour out there. Um, I've been walking with Terrell a lot in the mornings because since she starts work so late, Mm -hmm. we can go meet up and do dog healthy friendship things. That's wonderful. You know, (laughs) instead of like late nights drinking Mm. where I have a hard time staying up late anyway. Mm Mm-hmm. Like past ten, it's like
1: uh, I kind of wish I had that problem.
0: If you had to wake up at like five thirty every day, you might have a problem.
1: Yeah, I I have had this issue my entire life where I've just never been a particularly good sleeper. Mm. So I will wake up early, but I won't go to sleep early. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> you know, I've tried everything in the book, but. Uh, I think I've come to the realization that I need to live in rhythms rather than routines. Yeah. And uh, you have
0: to do what's better for your body. Yeah. Not everybody is built with the
1: same system. It's true.
0: There are some people literally wired to be night
1: people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I fluctuate. Like I, I know there's some correlation between having a delayed phase sleep disorder and ADHD and I just learned about that too. Yeah, recognizing that, like I, like I'll naturally wake up at like seven thirty every morning and go about my day for a while, and then have to sleep for a little bit more, and then, uh, you know, be up until three a.m. Mm. No problem, easily every night, and it's, it's usually
0: the second time I wake up in the night around three. Yeah, it's
1: frustrating because I don't, you know, a lot of the time I don't know how to feel rested but also honor like when I'm up, I'm up Mm -hmm. and growing older, it's been so much easier to get up early, but I think there's a lot of pressure with, you know, work and school and all that to, to maintain specific schedules that don't accommodate who you are naturally. And for the first time in my life, I have a really flexible schedule um, because I work from home and I, I can honor that, but then now I'm just feeling kind of disorganized. (laughs) But it's okay. It's it's all a learning process. It is. And being
0: self-disciplined to give yourself like structure in a routine is really hard.
1: It is. It's hard
0: for people that don't have ADHD. Yeah,
1: and I think it's harder than it. We make it harder on ourselves by thinking it needs to be a certain way every day. Um, and I. I, another realization I've come to living alone in this <laughs> <home> <laughs> you uh, have so Much time to yourself I, a lot of time most of my time to <laughs> myself and uh, just Understanding that I can do what feels good and right uh, it, it's as long as I Attribute some time in my day to the things that need to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Can continue to feel successful? It's hard in the winter when things are dark and what I need to do is convoluted by what feels comfortable, like honoring rest and and all that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it is the time to not be crazy and manic. Yeah. Like naturally, like, you know, like our ancestors, they just, they sat at home all day. Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing to do. You can't, you know, work on the farm. You can't go harvest. Mm -hmm. You can't hunt. Well, you you can hunt. Yeah, you can hunt.
1: People People hunt. But, uh, I wouldn't want to be hunting in the freezing rain. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I'm, I'm glad I don't have to. I'm glad I have the access and I can come to town and shop. know like, the, the privilege is real, but yeah. Um, yeah, just getting in touch with how much, how many weird lies I was telling myself about what it means to be a successful person, and like, I, you know, I can sleep like a weirdo and still get things done it's...
0: yeah you're it's the only, you are the only one that has the problem with it like the problem is you mm-hmm. and your perception of it mm-hmm. because society has like put all of this on us which
1: all of that is like slowly shifting anyway sure so it's like and if, it's hard to acknowledge that in the span of a single lifetime though i think it's a lot a lot has changed in <laughs> our <laughs> yeah we're definitely in the in the time speeding up Yeah. Era of the Anthropocene. (laughs) They're like,
0: bam, bam, change, change, change. Okay. First to
1: live in interesting times.
0: Yes. It's, um, I mean, like you just, you get so set, especially like growing up as a kid, like, I don't know. I grew up in the nineties. So I'm like, there was a system. Mm -hmm. Everybody was a business. That was what you wanted to be was a business person. Yeah. Like, even my dad was not a business person, but like, that's what he kept going for over and over and over and, over and failing every single time because mm-hmm. it just wasn't in his nature. But society made you think, like, you need to be carrying that briefcase every morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> we lost too close to the sun. <laughs> <I say. laughs> yeah. It um. was, it's nuts to like look back and like see that. And now it's like, it's totally different. Just yeah, be grateful you have a job and don't let your
1: job define you. Yeah. And I, I think that one's a hard one for a lot of us. It is a hard one. You asked me to introduce myself and talk about who I am. And I, every time I do that, every time I do that, when I meet a new person, they ask me what I do. And I tell them literally what I spend a lot of time doing, which is walking around in the woods alone. <laughs> uh, and they're like, What do you do for work? And I'm like, Oh, I, I do online software administration and social media managing. Um, but it's not something I identify with. It's I don't have a lot of professional passion in that area, and it's, it's your job. It's a job, and I I find it interesting, and I am a little envious of people that can. Let their jobs be their personality or their like identifying characteristic or mm-hmm. something that they have personal passion for, but it's not me. Yeah, <laughs> I like walking around in the woods, it's <laughs> my favorite. Yeah, it feels
0: <laughs> good. good, it does feel good. It's good for you. Mm. Can you smell the trees when you're out there? Sure, yeah, like you know, like in the winter, you can't smell like there's no aroma, like natural aromatherapy in the winter at Anchorage no
1: i mean in the spring sure
0: there's <laughs> lots of smells there.
1: but um i mean it's all spruce trees there's no birch right um like at all maybe like one it's it's, a it's really... probably
0: why i feel so good when i'm out there there's no oh, allergies. yeah
1: <laughs> i have that realization i was like wow i sleep so good out here i didn't used to sleep this well like there's no birch all my issues kind of Aside, uh, I'm not sleeping in my open window next to a birch tree I have a horrible birch allergy. And wow, yeah, it's crazy. that it when you when you change your scenery?
0: Yeah, that's kind of how I always felt when I went to the ocean because there's nothing at the ocean that I'm allergic to. And there's you know there's the sea. Yeah, it's right there. It does. It's you smell the sea when you're close, even in the winter. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's. I mean, it sounds amazing. I know it's not probably easy. <laughs> yeah. When
1: it's easy, it's so easy, right? Uh, but when on, on any given day, when it snows half a foot, and I have to shovel mashed potato snow off my car, and then it rains in the afternoon, by the time I'm done working, it's the the hard part is the weather, and that's never really been such an obstacle for me. Like growing up in Alaska, I'm used to the snow. I'm used to kind of inclement weather. I grew up on just overcast, drizzly days playing outside, and mm-hmm. now I'm it's extreme. Yeah, it's windy. It's rain, rain, um, and I, I'm recognizing my own limits.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of challenges.
1: Mm-hmm. Personal the, challenges.
0: Personal challenges. Gear challenges.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. Do you think you're gonna live out there for a while? I'm unsure. <laughs> I I like it now because it's inexpensive for me. Mm. But uh, I think after this, maybe somewhere with a beach. I've never lived anywhere that had a year-round summer, and I think I could use one of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds nice. I think so. Or it might just—it might be just as frustrating. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Everywhere has its certain terms and conditions. Hundred percent. The grass is not always greener on the other side. And I fall victim to that. Like the things that I know I love doing are things that I could never do regularly or monetize because I will ruin them immediately by being haunted by the expectation of myself to do more. Right. And that's that's my biggest <laughs> supernatural quandary is haunted by the things I think I should do. Those are, those are the, the scariest things.
0: Yeah, so that way, not in here. Um,
1: have you already experienced this that way? You say that? I mean, that's just all been a part of recognizing that rhythm of living alone and working from home with no set hours, in the dark, in the winter, or in the rain, and coming to terms with what, what feels good and what I'm struggling with and A lot of it comes from the outside and from, you know, working regular hourly jobs most of my life and Mm -hmm. not, uh, not quite knowing what direction to point myself in. I get that. I get that
0: feeling. It comes and goes a lot. Mm. I dealt with that a lot during the early winter. Um, literally just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. Like. Every day it's like, what am I doing? I
1: don't know what to do. I don't know what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And how did you figure out what you wanted to do? I don't know. You don't know?
0: It just like clicked.
1: Yeah. Like, do you have a process? I feel like it's really interesting to understand everybody's separate process because nobody's, you know.
0: So like, you know, no matter how depressed, and how bad my mental health gets. Like I still do the routine. I'm very mm-hmm. rigid with my routines <clears throat> because it's my like control. Because mm-hmm. I don't have control of anything, and that's definitely stems from childhood trauma. Sure. Um, so I have my morning thing. I have my night thing, and everything in between is just kind of like up for grabs. <laughs> <laughs> but the morning and night have to be a certain way. And so, like in the morning, I wake up. I do my yoga. I do, like, I write down all of my astrological, like, where the planets are today and, like, what I feel is happening in the world Mm -hmm. during that time, my perception of the planets. And then I, like, either I write something free-handedly or don't. And then, like, I do my morning stuff. And then at night, I usually write again Mm -hmm. and I read and, like... I don't, I put the devices away. I don't do the thing or else I will definitely just you just get stuck. I get stuck. Yeah. I get stuck on the internet so easily because then I'm like researching and then I'm on medical journals and then it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh my God, I never knew that. Oh my God. I never knew that. And it's just like an ongoing process. But like, that's like, I wanted to do certain things for a really long time. And then like, I don't know, like certain opportunities, I guess probably came up and kind of like put fire into the thing mm-hmm. of me wanting to get stuff done. I'm like, there's this big women's fair that's coming to Anchorage oh,
1: cool.
0: and it's like expected to be like 5,000 people a day. Okay. And it was only like the total cost for two days for my booth was 240. Oh, which is, that's great. That's like petty cash. Compared to like it those doing any of the markets or the fair, I think it was like 1600 a day. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I have to do this. I feel like I have to do this. I follow my intuition a lot mm. too. Like I definitely go by the gut feeling kind of person mm-hmm. because I've <clears throat> gotten in really bad situations by not following my gut. Mm. I've, feel like I finally learned my lesson.
1: <laughs> I feel like my gut is still trying to teach me those lessons. <laughs> my intuition takes me to a more interesting choice that may or may not <laughs> be enough. more often than
0: not. I definitely get like a this is the way it should go. Like you need to do that. Mm. If you don't do that, something bad's going to happen. Or like, you know, it's just where like, where
1: is your compass? Yeah.
0: It's inside.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I envy that. I I spend a lot of time thinking about the next thing to do, and uh, it gets overwhelming. It can. It can get very overwhelming, especially when you're like,
0: especially with social media,
1: and you're seeing everybody oh like doing things.
0: Yeah, all the
1: time. And I I need to be better about this, but I I do think that spending a lot of time on social media has had a pretty negative impact on my mental health, and uh, it's hard to gauge. If it's a net positive because I do think I found a lot of great connection and a lot of good venues for expression and just community in, in that world but I mean I think that's the flip side of the internet so like yeah. I think the internet can be a great
0: educational tool mm-hmm. like I don't know the internet to me is like the library sure because that's how I use it mm-hmm. I use it to research I use it to like find more
1: information oh, I use it like the public park <laughs> Just observing from a you, distance. Yeah, you can see so much. You can share your art. You can communicate with strangers mm-hmm. and feel like it's a safe thing to do. Not all public parks are like that. But uh, <laughs> I, th- I think, there, you know, there's community to be had. Totally. It's a mixed bag. I do think that it's, it's, it's hard to draw limits. And that
0: I just don't think our society is very good at self-discipline in general.
1: No. Nope. Or, or our self-discipline is reinforced in areas that, you know, feed a machine that may or may not be serving us. Mm-hmm. And then we take our time on the internet. I know I certainly do. And it feels like when I log on, usually in the evening, and get lost on the bed, <laughs> Uh, just scrolling and scrolling and chatting and arguing and it it feels like that special moment when you're getting off work and you drive home and you're just in your car right Mm -hmm. and you just sit in the driveway on your phone or listening to a story on the radio and you have that moment to yourself and it's it's wholly dedicated time to be yourself in a space where you know people might be watching there might be people but uh it's low consequence right uh same feeling is like when you are the last person awake in a house full of people totally and you have the whole quiet space to yourself. It's like reclaimed time. Yeah. That you owe no one. I mean, uh, and it feels like that, like I, a switch flips and I'm like, this is, this is my indulgence. This is my, I dedicate it to myself. I don't know. And it's hard to figure out how much is too much. Great. Right. Do you have time limits on anything? <laughs> I have alarms. I have 100 alarms. But um, yeah, the alarms don't work with me. No, they really don't. I, <laughs> it's I, not like harsh enough. And <laughs> that's the thing, another realization I've had this year, I don't a lot of realizations. <laughs> that's uh, great, though. Yeah, it can <laughs> be. Means- it's great, but most of the realizations are along the lines of this isn't working.
0: <laughs> but this one I is mean, uh, that- I think that's what this year is supposed to be. Sure like getting rid of the things that don't serve the purpose in Mm. the long run, like it's time to start anew and use the things that utilize
1: your space. I think, well, the realization that I have in this context is that nothing, nothing works forever. Like no one thing is my solution Mm -hmm. and I'll be best served by looking for the next thing. And presumably if something sticks, I'll know. But I, I don't think I've done any one thing so consistently at SCO Online. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I had a, gosh, you know, it's been over a decade that I've been on social media. I've done nothing so consistently as participate in that world. <laughs> like, not a, I haven't even brushed my teeth every day, but I've definitely gone on the internet every day. That I haven't, you know, that I've been in service. Right. Um, but, yeah, I I don't know. It recognizing that the things that stick are, you know, the new thing, the exciting thing the the opportunity to explore a different version of myself in practice uh, means more to me than adhering to a routine because routines end up being a source of huge disappointment because i'm excellent at keeping them for weeks and weeks and then something falls off and life changes and i and poof, do my best to hop back in but it no longer feels the same and no longer gives me what i want and i you know i need to move on and off
0: on. routines is like one of the hardest things mm-hmm. i've experienced
1: and recognizing that whole concept of living in rhythms versus living in routines yeah and when the tools that serve me come back to me and they feel like a good idea again I use them um, but acknowledging that maybe I'm not someone that can participate in consistent work towards a singular goal I mean
0: that's fair I feel like that's like kind of the movement of a lot of society right now too, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are becoming small business owners and entrepreneurs because they can't do that nine to five. Mm -hmm. They can't do that like really strict schedule because it doesn't work for them and they work better Mm -hmm. if they have freedom. Yeah. They can be the best that they can be
1: if they have that rope. Yeah. And, like, recognizing the best that you can be is a whole other. That's a whole other level. Can of worms. Okay. But...
0: We're going to take a break, and then we'll get mm-hmm. like every half an hour. Mm-hmm. Be right back. Okay. We are back. And I forgot what we were talking about. And so did I. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm just going to. Side-wing this. Yeah. Did you... So you went into the Buckner building. Oh, yeah. The other building in Whittier. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one other building. <laughs> it's a giant building. It's a huge building. I think it was built in the 50s.
0: It was for the uh, military. Yeah.
1: It's this... They have... I mean, they had everything of, in there. They, they had a dance
0: it. hall, a theater,
1: like... Bowling alley, grocery store, jail. Um. Gosh, what else? Yeah, it's wild, um, and it's I, easily the largest building in Whittier, and they, the military built it. I think Whittier was originally a military base, because mm-hmm. um, it had some strategic advantage. Yeah. Surrounded by mountains, it's a bay. Yeah. Um, just a little corner of earth that was, I don't think there was a big indigenous presence there at all. It was just, like, hard to get to, like, yeah. until they... Man made a hole through the mountain to drive in. This is um, where we're gonna hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the Buckner building, uh, they mothballed it in the 60s. So it was only open for like 10 years, I think. That's crazy. Um, and there's been, you know, continued efforts trying to find ownership and renovate it, but it's, you know, really gnarly. It's been abandoned since the 60s yeah. and uh, it's full of asbestos. and Yeah, it's not great. However, it is a marvelous place to do some urban exploration. Um, we, it's such a big building. When we went in, we walked—I think the equivalent of like three miles—just up and down every hallway and, oh, and all yeah. the rooms. And yeah, we were in there for hours. Um, and uh, Jaybird wanted to go at night, but we—I was not feeling that. That was going to be too spooky. Of uh, We went in the afternoon on a you know normal cloudy rainy day, and it—it uh it was still so spooky on those lower floors where it was dark it was just water dripping everywhere oh, little yeah. like uh mineral what are they? stalagmites or stalactites I can never get it straight all oh, the like calcium deposits mm-hmm. that just terrible. on the ceiling and floors everywhere um, but there's these big like great rooms at the end each end of every floor mm-hmm. where there's just all kinds of crazy art like some really cool um spray art and oh and stuff like you know there's graffiti all through it yeah it seems like a place where people come to to drink judging uh, the thousands of cans of Bud Light (laughs) crushed on the ground. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of really cool art. It's just covered in moss and a lot of the original like toilet fixtures and sinks are still around. And um, that's nuts. It's really nuts. The theater is one of the spookiest rooms I've ever walked into. Um <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> pitch black, dark it's a theater. Uh the stage is still there, like all the seats are kinda dilapidated. Oh um, yeah. Creepy. Yeah, creepy. The city owns it now. I think uh you're not technically supposed to go in. No. However, uh everyone I talked to at the bar in Whittier was like, Oh yeah, we peeked our head in there walking walked around. So I was like, All right, well, yeah. Let's see what's good. Everybody does it. Mm-hmm. It ended up being really fascinating. Like I haven't been in a lot of buildings that were quite that abandoned where kind of nature was starting to reclaim it right
0: and there's so so many
1: there's so many across the states there are there's this group um juno's hidden history i think it's called
0: online Ooh, uh and they do a lot of
1: like hikes into weird old places abandoned hot springs and mines and stuff that sounds Uh, fun and they post about it Mostly on Facebook.
0: Oh, a thing
1: called Abandoned Places. So like Juno Sim History. Definitely okay. check it out for like cool to. Alaska. A lot. Some of the stuff they check out is pretty remote, but some of it is just like fascinating. I, don't
0: know. I wonder if it was them. It might have been somebody else, but there was like somebody that was like going to like all of the old military bases in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Like those, even the top. Like, they just had to find that out from other locals Mm -hmm. of where they were because you can't find them. Mm -hmm. Even my husband, like, there was one he tried to take us to, and it's gone now. I know. But it was like, he said when he went, it was abandoned at that time. Mm -hmm. But um, it wasn't. Like, they were there, and then military came. Oh. And like, you have to get out of there, or something like that. Oh no, um, yeah. Because there's some that are down on the peninsula that were really strange. Okay,
1: there's one that I want to check out uh, that people keep telling me about at Kane's Head, at a Seward. I think it's oh. maybe like nine or ten miles mm-hmm. off. That just you can walk on the beach or yeah. kayak or whatever to get there. But that whole area is really cool. It's really pretty out there. It's really
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Isn't it? I thought it was haunted over there.
1: It, they're probably all as haunted as can be. I'm told that the building I live in is haunted, and the Buckner building is haunted, and gosh, every forest in the world <laughs> has seen so much life and death. That, like, right. I don't know. It is haunted. I've, I've never had an experience in a spooky place that was that felt more haunting than trying to confront my own lack of routine. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know.
0: I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like I don't know if anything bad ever actually happened at the Buckner building or people Mm -hmm. are
1: just like terrified because it's
0: spooky. I mean, it's
1: really spooky inside. Yeah. Uh, There's all kinds of videos on YouTube of, you know, you get these young guys being like, we're going to spend the night in the Buckner building. And they spend exactly an hour and a half in their little sleeping bags up in the driest room they can find. And then they're like, nope, too many noises. I'm out. Uh, which is pretty funny, but it's probably just other people trying to <laughs> get in. Yeah. I was really paranoid about like hearing footsteps and stuff. Cause there's this kind of constant drip of water. Mm-hmm. It's like, extremely wet there. Yeah. Um, but also just, yeah. Old building with things growing in it. Yeah. Grass and moss. And I'm surprised there's not more animals that like, Either way, I know. though, it's like a really weird and rusty broken glass type of thing. Oh, It's like a rage room, low-key. Oh. Uh, I've i known quite a few friends who are like, oh, yeah, we used to go there to smash stuff. Because you can just push some things, push walls over. Like, it's That's the fair. building structure itself is super stable. It's just huge concrete sections. Yeah. So, um, yeah, free rage room. <laughs> nice. Until they renovate it, theoretically the city is gonna get some funding to to fix it up. That sounds like a lot of work because then they
0: would have to like cover it, mm. like they do at the hotel at the Northern Lights Hotel. Oh yeah, just to, like bubble it basically as they tore it down to yeah. keep the asbestos kind of contained. Yeah,
1: I, don't I really. suppose so.
0: You know if that worked, but. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it It looks like 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 something to encapsulate it and then take it down. I don't know what the process of that is. Um, I don't know.
0: Sorry. Hmm? I see something. Oh, it's never mind. Sorry. I'm looking at the mirror Mm -hmm. and I see an orange thing and I'm like, oh, wait, that's not our fence. That's their greenhouse. (laughs)
1: Is (laughs) the greenhouse
0: with us now? (laughs) I was like, well, I don't understand where that thing came from,
1: yeah. I uh, but yeah, on, on the topic of haunted things, like, I when I first moved into the apartment, um, my mom had stayed there a couple times previously and she left a lot of sage. She was like, If you feel something, because I felt something, and I, you know, I've lived in apartment buildings before, mm-hmm. um, I. I have a cat, and she like the spookiest thing that I've encountered in the place I live is is just her kind of staring at the corner of the wall. Right, you know, they do that. They do do that, uh, and I don't know if they're hearing something or hearing a bowl in the wall. It's an old building too. Right. But, um you ever feel something burn this age? I'm like, Where did you get this? Why is there so much? And maybe I'm just not in tune. But I mean, maybe I'm generating enough haunting energy. Myself to incorporate. Like yeah, I already got enough. <laughs> and like the ghost breathes through, they're like, oh, she's busy.
0: Yeah. They're like, I can't haunt her. Yeah.
1: No. No. It's
0: a lost cause. Yeah.
1: <laughs> she's not even gonna notice. She's too worried about Twitter. <laughs> Twitter ghosts. New mm-hmm. thing. The ghosts in the machine. Mm, the bots. You. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe less ghosts and more like. I don't know, heavy-handed political machinery, but I don't know. (laughs) There's there's so much to be spooked by, to be afraid of. I, in general, I don't know. More fun to play with it than acknowledge it as an ominous presence. And maybe that's my denial. You don't want to accept the presence? Mm, I don't want to accept any presence that is at least trying to entertain me. I mean, maybe they are. Yeah. And they can. I'm open to it. <laughs>
0: um, there's like, so I'm going down to Portland Saturday. Mm-hmm. My sister said that we might have to go to Port Orchard to go deal with her uncle's house that she just, I, she just found out about. Oh. And it's like, you look it up on the map. It's
1: just, it just is the woods just a house in the woods?
0: Don't know what it looks like. Oh. Nobody knows what it looks like. Okay. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel like this is like a Goonies adventure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, apparently that whole town is haunted and like people have seen things. What town? Uh, Port Orchard in Port Washington. Orchard. Okay. So it's like, it's on the water. So I'm sure there's a lot of like a
1: Native American history there. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to visit the Oregon coast for the first time this fall. And it was so pretty. It's so like, pretty, but you know, plenty old, and just yeah. I don't know, different rocks, different scenery. Like yeah. I look at the water every day, but it's cool to it's just get different. a different angle. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's and spooky different. old lighthouses and
0: I love lighthouses. just it's really meandering paths
1: through different trees, big trees.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's just so much to. I mean, it's just so walkable. Mm-hmm. Like everything is walkable. Yeah, and that's what I really like. Really hinders my spirit here mm,
1: yeah I don't like driving everywhere no it doesn't feel good no um and parking is a pain and i don't know the trails in anchorage are so good but they're not like pedestrian friendly they don't go anywhere
0: no it's just this is a trail yeah that is a trail <gasps> it's not like it should be sidewalks everywhere but mm-hmm. if there was sidewalks everywhere then i would probably walk more yeah. now they're just under a couple feet of snow <laughs> They plowed some of them last weekend.
1: Oh, I saw them. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah,
0: we got a couple plowed over on Spadarg. Oh,
1: <laughs> good job, <laughs> good. Sh- yeah, plowed sidewalks.
0: It's a. It's only been a month since our giant, monstrous snowfall. Mm. I heard that California got thirty feet or so, mm. somewhere. Which I'm like, I don't even understand how you get like the ski mountains. I don't know
1: anything about California.
0: Um, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, they're having like crazy weather right now anyway. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, anything's possible, I guess. 30 feet though.
1: 30? In a month? It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's probably up in the mountains. I would hope. I know there was a beach that got some snow that people were like, I guess I'm not rollerblading on the boardwalk today. California somewhere. But, well, that's what you get for in California. Yeah. Just snowstorms, that's (laughs) what you get from living in California and Texas. Not Alaska, you get freezing rain. Yeah, it's much more normal. (sighs) Normal. (laughs) What is normal? I'm obsessed with the concept um, of normal and the new normal and how people desperately want to be okay with things staying the same. I think it's indicative of just some weird all-encompassing discomfort yes uh are all very uncomfortable people all people the time i'm talking about the new normal recently like in the last year or so i just think it, people are ignoring it like I, yeah i don't know it's like a resignation to things never feeling normal again. And I love that. I, that was my favorite thing about the pandemic. I did so well when everyone was feeling poorly, (laughs) I felt comfortable for the first time expressing my anxiety and just my lack of routine and my searching for a different rhythm. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating when people stop talking about when things will be normal again, because that means they're normal again. Uh,
0: I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't believe any of it. Well, I just
1: think people just don't want it. Like obviously, I don't mind. Sure, but the second you stop talking about it, that's when I don't know. That's when the concept is integrated. Yeah, right. Like it's already happened. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the adjustment period. <laughs> <is over. laughs> and now we're just starting. we're in it collectively suffering it's all but it's not a big deal anymore it's not a big i mean it's not even though it is objectively as big of a deal as it has ever been it is
0: but people just want to everybody's so angry Mm. i feel like there's like this leftover tension of the pandemic and then all of these politics Mm -hmm. like toppling over that and then outside is not helping anybody anywhere One of my favorite questions to ask people is what do you
1: do with your anger? Do you get interesting answers? Mm, Yeah, I really do. I think (laughs) a lot of people don't know. I mean, that's a pure emotion. I I disagree. I think the anger is it can come from just straight rage. It can come from fear. It can come from anxiety or just physical discomfort. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things it's it's an emotion that people transmute whatever's going on with them through anger right and like when it bubbles over and they recognize that they have anger in their life it it like seeps out in freaky ways um and i don't know what do you do with your anger
0: Mm. Um, i guess it depends on from where it's stemming from like if it's mm-hmm. anxiety anger Mm -hmm. like frustration yeah then it's usually like movement yeah like i have to use that flight kind of feeling in that moment and i go walk or dance or like
1: Mm -hmm.
0: something like that like if it's real passionate anger which is like i feel like with ADHD, you get all of the feelings, like, tenfold mm-hmm. when they're happening. It's not just like a, this is a feeling. It's like this feeling uh, yeah. times ten. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody can understand, like, the intensity of when the feelings
1: happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have this experience, but I definitely identify with that. And But when I'm having the emotion, it's all-encompassing. It's my whole brain. And then there's nothing the minute else. I... either run through it or address it it's just gone i'm good like once my needs are met and i've either expressed myself or done something physical to like get a certain amount of release like Mm -hmm. uh it's gone i'm good it doesn't come back like i but i know people that have kind of like a simmering background rage
0: there's like a resentment yeah yeah i have that because i ruminate Mm -hmm. so like which isn't helpful. It's not healthy. I mean, and it's
1: hard to get out say of it's that habit. <laughs> hard to say. I'm not an expert. Perception, I guess. That's really how I should introduce myself. I'm not an expert. <laughs> Anna, not an
0: expert. Mm-hmm. You just get like a name tag. Track of all trades, master of none. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah.
1: I don't know. But I think you learn a lot about people by asking them to characterize their own anger and how they work through it or not.
0: I mean, I I don't feel like I have a choice Mm. when it happens. Yeah. Like, I don't get to, like... I mean, we can push down our feelings all we want, right? But when it's, like... That intense of an emotion and mm-hmm. there's something stemming from it that's not just a normal day thing. Mm-hmm. Like if it's a buildup.
1: Yeah. That's like, it. It always feels like a buildup for me. I don't know. When I, when I can actually it's, characterize it as anger.
0: It's like a cuddle. Yeah. It's like a little bit steaming, little bit steaming, and then it's like spitting out of the spout. Because
1: it's boiling over. I don't know what you want, dog. Okay. Yeah. And there's that question of, are you living in integrity if you let things build up to the point where you don't feel control? Or is it that, you know, we all have to live mm-hmm. with each other, so there's an amount of respect and bottling up, for lack of a better term, that is expected. Right. But... Can you imagine what life would be like if we were able to express all of our grievances immediately and whether or not they were addressed? I don't know if things would build up the same way Don't think so They might still I feel like There's this thought that you're not supposed to bottle things up because they spill out eventually I I, I don't know we rise to our own minimums like I will always find something to be frustrated about and I get a lot of motivation from that space like my energy isn't happy energy. Most of the time, that's the stuff that surprises me and I'm grateful for it. And that's why I go outside. Cause that's where I get those like bursts of joy and mm-hmm. just elatedness. And I get to see the wonder of the world, but I think, I don't know. I mean, Like anger is something that's more natural to control and make use of. You mean you can use it as a superpower
0: if you use it correctly it's like using anxiety and channeling it in a different way sure you know instead of just like being a crazy anxious person all the time Mm -hmm. channel that energy and like put it into something. Yeah. Like I have all this anxiety. I'm gonna paint this beautiful picture. Ah
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> I did this thing, I remember a few years ago I had just moved into a new house and I was invited to like a neighborhood block party barbecue thing. Hmm. And I went and I met my neighbors. And I said earlier I'm not the most neighborly person. I'm like pretty I live in solitude and I like to I like to be private but sometimes it's good to be social and know the people around you. So I went and I had an okay time and I left early. I ended up running into like high school teachers that lived in my neighborhood that I didn't really want to talk to. Oh, that was fine. It was all polite. It was all good. It wasn't, and it was not an objectively negative experience, but I came back home and I was just physically riddled with anxiety, just like not knowing whether I needed to go for a run or cry. And I think I just started whittling a spoon. Hmm. and then after that point I spent like the next two years in my free time just whittling spoons and like having that like very very physical tactile like carving away at something and how that totally didn't Feel like it was directly addressing my anxiety, but it was a place to put the energy Yeah, you're like, outputting it into something and when I'm relaxed and happy I have zero desire to do that task like I don't feel creative in that way it's just something that feels good for my hands to do when I'm like just shivering in discomfort. I mean, that's how
0: I feel about crocheting. Mm -hmm. Like I am just, and it's like a
1: hands thing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, For me, it's always the, like, I've had this excoriation disorder that I think that's what it's called, where you uh, like pick, people will like pluck their hairs out or like pick scabs Mm -hmm. or just like bite your nails and pick your cuticles. But like having that, task to like carve away at something mm. um it's like innate need to destroy i think that's maybe also why i like to argue so much but just like, i want to i want to chip things away <laughs> i always thought it would be pretty cool to learn how to uh, like carve stone or marble or something like that mm. less accessible than wood plenty of trees
0: there are plenty of trees <laughs> and also that's like a whole other animal of like of a hobby mm. You need, like, water and
1: giant tools and, I don't know, just, like, a little little block and a Dremel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a huge proponent of the DIY, like, if you feel like you can, you should try it. Totally. Uh, a serial hobbyist at heart. Maybe that's just where I'm putting my anger. I mean, I
0: would rather you do that <laughs> than just be angry all the time. Yeah. Nobody wants an
1: angry on No. No. Least of all me. But, like, things happen in life. You know, you have to endure life. You have to pay your bills. You have to talk to people you don't want to talk to. Like, you have to be in alarming sensory environments. And recognizing that so much of my day is coping with that. Mm-hmm. And like, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing all of these random, n- not at all associated tasks, right?
0: Like, I mean, you as you get know, older, you learn to navigate that better. Like, there's so people. much that <laughs> I have learned in the last four years that I wish
1: I had when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a period in your life where you feel like you didn't learn anything?
0: Oh, I thought you meant like a menstrual period. <laughs>
1: Oh, like, have you ever had, like, a period where your mind went, like, bleeding? I like,
0: do you learn things when you're on your menstrual period?
1: I mean, maybe. I'm like, why are you supposed to have a life lesson every time?
0: Yeah. Have you ever had an era,
1: like, a moment in your life where you didn't feel like you were taking in information and incorporating it?
0: Um... I mean, definitely in that last, those few months this winter, like, like when I say lost, I mean like blank slate, like completely don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, it was hard to read. It was hard to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like
1: it was every worst thing. Do, do you ever figure out why? No. It just happened and now you're out. Yeah. That rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of I'm like, I don't relate. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I learn the most when I feel the worst. Like I get, I get ruminating and then it's like, right. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to connect patterns and like figure out what needs aren't being met. And that's frustrating in its own way. But like, yeah,
0: I don't know. Learning yourself is hard.
1: Yeah. And usually it's associated with some kind of far-fetched deep dive into whatever pop psych self-help books are out there. Mm. Um, and you know, you really learn the most by criticizing them online and engaging with the discourse that other people have. Yeah, but, definitely. I don't know. I, I find it really interesting to talk with people about what works for them because there's no two stories that are the same.
0: I see, but also I don't think what works always works now, especially with women. Yeah. Like, it's different every fucking day. Mm -hmm. Like, depending on the hormones, depending on the weather, Mm -hmm. depending on the barometric pressure. Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many factors that, like, we are so much more sensitive to that, like, the one thing isn't going to help every single day. Mm -mm. And so, like, you have to learn to, like, navigate that in different methods, Totally. And it's like, I feel like it's a constant process.
1: Yeah. And one thing that I'm really grateful for seeing, like, uh, just writing that people have done online and more discussion, uh, in my circles is the, uh, the in the post girl boss grind set era mm-hmm. where we're all exhausted, like, you know, pandemic's still going on, but it's definitely a post pandemic culture that, women specifically have to kind of pay way more attention to our cycles and our monthly rhythms and like where our energy is and that our medication might straight up not work for a certain week in the month and like it's so real it's very (laughs) Uh, and it's frustrating when a consistent amount of productive output is expected of us and uh that's just not happening no um
0: no you're definitely more productive at some points in the month than you are in other points in the month like mm-hmm. they have proven that but like you can't go into a job being like i can work like really hard these two weeks yeah but these other two weeks like i'm gonna-, gonna yeah you're gonna hate me <laughs> yeah like i need like five hours a week uh-huh. but the same amount of pay please money please <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think that's when, like, salary would be helpful. Mm. Like, if you could just, or, like, instead of, like, having a timeline for work, like, these are just the things that need to get done Mm. before spring. Sure. You know, which probably wouldn't work for somebody like me, because then I would wait until spring and be like,
1: oh, it's the night before. I'm Mm going to get it all done. Yeah. I mean, it might work. I don't know. My my last minute energy for creating and producing and writing and it's unparalleled. Like it's yeah. If I don't, if yeah. I could endure the stress of living that way constantly, and sometimes I've I've had moments in my life where I've just accumulated so many obligations and stacked them on top of each other just to give myself the incentive and the feeling of tension to keep doing right. that. Um, right. However, that's like a direct route to burnout, and acknowledging that. That energy, however great it feels, and however much people like you, and however impressive it may be, it's unsustainable. Right. It's, you know, disappointing. <laughs> it is. Because
0: you want to thrive. You do. And you feel like you're thriving in that moment, but it's not
1: healthy. Mm-hmm. I would love to learn how to thrive in a way that feels healthy. Weren't we all? I think at this point, I'm pretty satisfied with knowing that. I have the tools to set up that feeling mm-hmm. when I need it, but it's best saved for later. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break. Hold on.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you your okay, we're back. Wow, that was such a long break. Yeah, super long. So long. Feel rest Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Honoring rest. Yes. Yeah, I'm. You know i was actually talking to my husband about that um because you know like some weekends some weekends very rarely we are graced with no children for like a whole it's usually only 24 hours Mm -hmm. like half of the weekend day and half a weekend day but like you know he feels so guilty when he doesn't want to do anything and then he ends up not doing anything he plays video games all day or something and then Mm -hmm. it becomes three o'clock and then he's just like I'm a piece of shit yeah and I'm like I totally understand
1: that I want to get to a point where I that piece of shit feeling happens earlier right because if I get into a good book or a good game like my day's gone Poof! it's 3 a.m man (laughs) all over again (laughs) I have if I'm into something I have no problem sitting for 12 hours and doing it like no, every day until it's done.
0: Totally. Like <laughs> no, it's like it's like uh, but it's not restful. No. It's like especially when it's like a new project. Mhm. Like you get so excited about it and you're just like, "Oh, this is all I ever want to do." And yeah. then you finish it and you're like, "Okay. I'm done. That's it." Yeah. Move on. Good time. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything I've <laughs> pretty much everything I've done in this house has been one of those. Yeah. <laughs> like painting the fireplace, painting the hallway. Mm-hmm making the wreath. I don't like everything in this house has been a, I want to do this thing and then I'm going to do it and then I'm going to hate it. Oh man.
1: I, I think that. Hating your art is, you know, probably necessary and important and something that everybody does, but uh, totally, I don't do it enough to get to that point. Like mm. I think, I think I'm such a planner. I'm not like a daily creative person. I don't, I don't. But do you think if you made it a habit,
0: mm-hmm. if you did it for three months and made yourself do it every single day, do you think you'd feel better?
1: I have no idea. I don't think I've ever made myself do anything for three months straight. I don't think that's... I mean, 10 days is like... I think I would need someone sitting like right next to me the entire time. Like, oh, Do you think? You need accountability. Yeah. Well, not accountability. I need to be bullied. <laughs> uh, like, I'm capable of it. I have the mind and the physicality to produce a thing, to yeah do whatever. Uh, and I think, if, yeah, if I did something every day for three months, I'd probably hate most of it. Yeah. But I would rather do it once every three months and love it. <laughs> or maybe I'm just low-key planning yeah. the entire time. Maybe. But I don't know. Yeah, to, to do something consistently, I need a lot of support. And I don't want to need it, but I really, really do. Uh, and I mean, that's... that's a-
0: it's, but a, it's a weakness. It's like, it's it not, no, it's not. I it, said that backwards.
1: It depends what you want to do. Like, if if, you're, if your goal is something where you need that kind of participation, if you have like a larger goal that you got to build up to like that, I think it is a weakness. I think,
0: what? But if it's you don't, a weakness to not want to ask for
1: help. Oh, That's yeah. kind of what I was meaning. Totally. Like, asking for help is the hardest thing to do. It's so Cause difficult. Because the second I get the bravery to do it, I know who to ask, who might have the time or you know, when I've, when I've researched my support system enough to be like, this is who can help me. I, um, I don't know what I need at that point. Like I I lose the words. And I wonder if that's just me not wanting to work outside of my own independent rhythm. Mm. It's definitely like a boundary pushing thing for sure.
0: You don't want to make yourself feel uncomfortable.
1: I don't want to make myself feel uncomfortable in addition to making someone else feel uncomfortable. (laughs) I think I can probably handle one or the other, but the combination is just like, neither of us want to be here doing this. Why?
0: I guess it depends on what it is. Truly. You know, like if it's Mm -hmm. like scrubbing an apartment, Mm -hmm. like of course nobody wants to be doing it, but you do it because that person needs help and like you would hope that they would do the same in return. Sure. I believe mm-hmm. I grew up on full house. That's just like. <laughs> <laughs> did, you,
1: did you grow up with a lot of people in your house too?
0: Nope.
1: No. It was just me and my dad. Okay. Um, I just, uh,
0: I grew up on a lot of TV. Yeah. So I grew up with that mindset of Airy Fairyland, and that's my goal in life, is to make this Airy (laughs) Fairyland. Airy
1: Fairyland.
0: Where people are happy, and everybody thrives and strives to make others happy, because Mm. that makes them happy.
1: I appreciate that. I don't think it's realistic. I don't care. Nor should you. (laughs) Man, I think my, I'm very. My, my pipe dream for like a perfect community would really just be a place where people felt comfortable being upset around each other. I mean, that's fair too. I think that's that's so much of it for me. I kind of uh, really don't want friends that I don't feel comfortable being super upset, ugly crying in front of. Like, totally.
0: And Sam, um, let that one go. I finally, like, have been able to let that, definitely that one go. I've been able to, like, cry in front of my
1: family, in front of my friends. That's something that's come to me with age, too. Like, I used to be so embarrassed about how, Mm -hmm. like, you know, vividly emotional I would be sometimes. And how it's just, like, a really intense hit of whatever you're feeling. And you got to, you know, you got to let it out.
0: Now you just, like, as soon as I just let it be, now it's, so much easier. Mm-hmm. But now my family definitely knows like anytime we watch
1: anything, oh, gosh. I'm definitely going to cry. I used to make so much fun of my mom for being so weepy at every movie. Yeah. And now I am eating my words. Yes. Just, I, God, I think I was crying at in an Instagram ad the other day. <laughs> oh. Like somebody's post about their dog. I'm so not a dog. <laughs> and they just like, hit me right in the gut.
0: So many emotions.
1: There's so many emotions to be had. Um Yeah. I
0: don't know.
1: But I also grew up in a in a single parent household, but I wasn't I mean, I watched plenty of TV, but I was more on the internet. I was in the like exploring the internet forums of things I probably shouldn't have been looking at as a kid.
0: It's have that yet because we had aol and dial up oh we did too and like you had a book of websites like a phone book Mm, okay yeah because there was only 100 websites at the time
1: yeah (laughs) i think by the time i got online there was there were forums where people would post you know horrible gore pictures and like yeah just you know being awful to each other recreationally yeah and I, yeah, I have yet to really uh, unpack the impact of that, but like compared to my early experience with the internet, I feel like it's so much more of a gentler place just because there's more people there willing to advocate for each other. Totally. And while there's dark corners in every city. Yeah. Um, and there's just like more. Yeah. There's more art. There's more. Unlimited art. Yeah. Truly with the AI now, it's I mixed feelings I about that. Yeah. I'm just really glad I didn't go for that graphic design degree. (laughs) Oh, it's yeah. I just, it's good. Yeah. When your dashed dreams are validated by
0: technology. It's (laughs) it's like more harm than help. Mm. It's not. How do you figure? It's like this thing is cool and it's a cool tool, but like it shouldn't replace. All of the hard work that people put into whatever they're
1: doing, you know. I look at it like furniture. How oh, there's a huge global market for like prefab, just machine-made furniture, mm-hmm. but there's also a more upscale market for handmade furniture. Mm-hmm. That hand-carved Amish stuff is still selling. I don't know. It's really great. So like that mm-hmm. it's just kind of a, a concentration of effort like you can't be shitty at something anymore. You have to be really good for it to be profitable in a creative endeavor, or it has to be new. Right, which is? I think it's an, I think it's not good. I would rather there be fewer artists, but have them be better. Right. I think that's maybe the least supportive thing about me is I don't like to watch the people I know and love make bad art. It's upsetting. (laughs) And I want to be supportive, I want to be a friend, but I choose to say nothing because I don't want to be a jerk. But also,
0: like, that's a good critic, because, like, a good friend would be like, that, say that, right? Like, you have, like, as an artist or as a creator Mm -hmm. in any format you have to be willing
1: to have the criticism of good and bad, or Mm -hmm. else you will never grow as a creator. I don't think most creators, well, I can't say this. I don't think many creators that I've met want to grow in the direction that I want them to grow in. (laughs) I don't know. And maybe I'm just not number one at delivering constructive criticism, but and that's that's something to work on, maybe. But I, uh, I know that if I put my art out there, more people would be kind, and that's not what I want. I don't know.
0: You I can put it out there and not have anything.
1: You could, which would feel like a waste, and then I would do something different. <laughs> I take I take so much feedback from other people, and people say that's not great to do, like indicative of a shaky sense of self or whatever. But I,
0: God.
1: I, sniffle. <laughs> <sinful. laughs> I worry that, um, I don't know, that's kind of, the. it's a sign, it's like a symptom of the individualistic society that we live in, that that's something to support, is being yourself no matter what anyone thinks. I do think there's space for constructive criticism, I do think there's space to challenge each other. Mm -hmm. I don't think there is cultural support for knowing what to do when you're challenged. True. Like all the successful people I know are people that are explicitly good at confronting failures and confronting constructive criticism or non-constructive criticism. Right. Like the boldness that it takes to do what you want to do anyway is admirable and important. And it's hard to know what realm to do that in. Like where, where the seed of your boldness lies.
0: Do you think it's, like, a DNA trait to, like, have that much confidence? Like, how do you acquire? Like, I know – I was just listening to a podcast of, like, how certain people are more persuasive than others. Mm-hmm. And specifically, they were talking about sales mm-hmm. and, like, you and know, the body language stuff. And It's like one person can sell you something instantly and the next person can't, mm-hmm. even though they're selling the same thing.
1: I mean, yeah. I worked in sales. I think that doesn't, I mean, I wasn't great at it, but I, uh, I, I think maybe more of a cultural thing than like the biological thing, not like, uh, yeah. I mean, there could be inherited things, but they might just be like your community inherits certain things that they support or don't support and the people they get along with. Right. And so you might gather or inherit traits just, you know, due to the, Occupation that your ancestors held and how that was incorporated into your family preserving. Uh, sales is really interesting to me. Um, I don't really think I want to work for commission again, but I don't know. I don't know. I I think the concept of persuading people is really important, and there's been so much new information on you know, what it takes in the last few years, what with all the data mining and the craziness of collecting information and creating algorithms that give you exactly the online community that you belong to already and you never knew. And all the TikToks that give us diagnoses we didn't know we weren't looking for, but somehow identify with wholeheartedly. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I really think so much of it's, it's just collecting information and knowing what to do with it. Yeah. I don't know, what was the podcast saying?
0: They never came to a conclusion. Mm. They were just like even the person that was like this uh you know, he's giving the speech about it. He even said that like he went to like a electronic store and um a lot of places do the, well, there's only two left and five other people were looking at it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you better book now. You better buy now. And this person in the shop said, this is the last TV. Mm-hmm. And so the, the guy giving the speech was like, I'm the one that's literally writing about this. And I ended up buying the TV. <laughs> I got it. <him. laughs>
1: I think the best piece of shopping advice someone ever gave me was you have to pretend you don't need it. Or want it, really. Like,
0: I mean, that's kind of how I feel about most things. Yeah. I have to really want it. Mm. I can hold it in the store, and then I'll put it back. <laughs> <laughs> Especially clothes shopping. Oh, uh, like, yeah. I, Oof. Yeah. That one's really hard.
1: It's... I think that... It, it's hard when you know you already need something. But I, I don't know. I enjoy the pursuit of a good deal. <laughs> totally. I think that's something that brings me joy.
0: It has to be. Yeah. No. I don't like buying things full price. No, should you. Um in this economy. Hell, also in this no. world
1: in this world where we're overproducing basically anything. Yeah. Unless it's an extremely specific item. Like
0: Yeah. Like most of it. everything I own is second hand. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's great and i'm seeing more and more of that like people doing the clothing swaps like we've done Mm -hmm. a bunch of times which has always been such a fun thing and i consider that an equal rush to shopping yeah uh but also like buy nothing groups and just community exchanges and yeah yeah that kind of thing is great like I don't know why it wasn't. all. I'm sure it was a thing when communities were smaller and people talked to each other more. Probably but, um, a lot of trading. Yeah, that that's now an option again. Mm-hmm. I or that it. I realized that's an option.
0: It's a lot that happens a lot in. Uh, like when when Amelie was a baby, baby um, in Portland, most of our apartment was all furniture I found on the side of the road.
1: Mm. And then like
0: I realized I was like, Anchorage doesn't do that. Mm, Nobody puts really. free stuff on the side of the road.
1: They do, but the weather's so variable, it's kind of crapshoot, <laughs> it's going to be good. Airport ice was great for that. I can see that. Yeah, a lot of good furniture. Some skis on the side of the road. What? Yeah.
0: Wow. It's
1: great. It's fantastic. <laughs> uh, when I was working in Boston, uh, oh, God, what did they call it? Boston. It, it was like the Boston garage sale or something. God, I... I'm racking my brain for what this was called. there was a point in I think there was a point in September and then maybe May, beginning and end of the year, the school year mm-hmm. when a lot of students would come in and out and there would just be like so much uh, furniture and just random things like you could just go shopping on the side of the road and oh. it wasn't so much a garage sale as people just needed to move and leave and wow. I think the equivalent here is when uh, the military folks are shipped off and they sell their toys on Marketplace.
0: Good snow deals machines. on snow
1: machines. <laughs> <laughs> Skis and all kinds of outdoor stuff.
0: Yeah. It's always Guitars. like the must get rid of now.
1: Mm-hmm. Moving next week.
0: Yeah. I got to get rid of this. It's either going to get sold or it's going to Goodwill.
1: I love it. I, yeah. You know, I had so many good experiences trying to sell all my stuff. <laughs> moving out of Anchorage. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm grateful that that part of the internet exists anyway.
0: Yeah, that's true. Seems I have like a, net good to me. a lot of the gifts that I've acquired for my family down in the lower 48 are like Alaskan art and I've got it on marketplace because I don't have hundred dollars to spend on a no. piece of wall art, but I've gotten these things for like, I think I spent like a hundred dollars between all of the things that I have.
1: That's great. I mean, artists should be, you know, charging their worth, but also, but I mean, the, the they've already been
0: paid for, you know, like yeah. the artist has already but this is mm-hmm. just like... Oh, they're like...
1: They're purging. Yeah.
0: yeah, Totally. So I'm like, yes, yeah. I will take your treasures.
1: I gotta see if anybody's selling pottery seconds. That was always my favorite thing at the craft fairs, to see if they had any...
0: There's a fish on Marketplace, a dish. A Fish dish? A, it's a pottery fish dish that's locally, locally dish. made. I actually
1: have a bunch of fish dishes <laughs> already. <laughs>
0: See, my um, subconscious already yeah, knew she's knew. like fish dish fish dish love a weird dish <laughs> it's yeah. really pretty mm. i think it's like purple and blue
1: love to see it <laughs> <laughs>
0: um i have to go to the bathroom um
1: uh, is there anything else you want to talk about no i you know nothing off the top of my head okay wait i mean you can always come back yeah it's not
0: like That's true
1: the end all be all
0: had two other people do two parts. Okay, yeah. I,
1: if I come up with any sh- stories that seem appropriate, or really want to get it out there, yeah, I you know nothing nothing on the tip of my tongue. Uh, okay, I didn't know what to expect, so
0: it's super. You just talk. Yeah, just love like to talk. Express yourself. <laughs> <laughs> this is a form of expression. Mm. You're getting it out. I suppose.
1: I think you are. <laughs> I think I so rarely have this, like, I need to get this out there. Like The world needs to know. No, like, that's no. a feeling that comes to me and then passes mm-hmm. so quickly. Like I can get it out in a tweet.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I get that. I have. I go through the waves, mm. especially if it's bothering me personally. Mm-hmm. Like thing, like when the war in Ukraine started. Yeah, and like knowing that I'm part Ukrainian, like I was just filled with anxiety for weeks. Yeah, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I can't help them, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna go <laughs> <laughs> Courage. Yes, like somebody do something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I don't know. It's also like being part empath, like you have all these feelings for other things and other people and like their experiences and you're you literally can't do
1: anything about it. Yeah, what you, so an empath, what does that mean to you? To me? Yeah, to, or in general, I hear people throw it around and I have honestly, like I have not been able to cultivate a positive association with that people that self-identify as an empath.
0: Um. I, th- I think, like, to me, that it means, like, feeling all of the energy around me and, like, sometimes I can turn it off, mm-hmm. but sometimes I can't. Mm-hmm. And so, especially when I can't, I mean, even if I can or cannot, like, that doesn't even matter, like, I'm going to feel the energy around me. Like, I'm going to f- if. It's like one person in the house is in a bad mood. Mm -hmm. It's not like, I don't know how to explain this. It's like,
1: I don't know how to understand it either. So it's like in the middle.
0: Okay. Like if you, you know, somebody that you're living with and they're like, they're coming across like everything is fine. Yeah. You can
1: tell it's not like they're
0: masking perfectly, Mm, but like, you know, that there's something wrong, so they're not masking perfectly.
1: But I'm like, I don't know if everybody can feel that way. Mm, I mean, good salesmen definitely can. <laughs> they want to find out what's missing.
0: You have a heartbroken because you need a new TV.
1: Sometimes, whenever <laughs> feels disappointed. <laughs>
0: um, and like you know, like if somebody's going through something very like intensely emotionally spiritually, like, I will sit there and, like, it's as if I can, like, Mm -hmm. like, there's a communication of, like, energy between them and me. Like, there's, like, Mm -hmm. these waves of,
1: like, this energy from them. I'm feeling it. Do you have, like, a taxonomy of what kinds of energy you can be receptive to or want to address with someone or...
0: I mean, like, I mean, it could be happy, sad. It could, you know, negative, positive. Mm. Um, It just really sucks when it's negative. Like, you know, especially, like, I've had a lot of people go through loss in the last year. And, like, as soon as I see them, like, they're crying. I'm crying. Mm. Like, everybody's fucking crying. And it's it sucks. It's like my heart hurts for them. But I can't do anything about it. If that makes sense.
1: I don't know any other way to explain it. It it does make sense, but I, I might just have a really different perspective on other people's pain.
0: I don't want anybody to feel pain. Yeah. But that's also like, I feel very like in an Aquarius in that way. Mm. Like I want the betterment of mankind. I have this.
1: Annoying mantra that has brought me so much peace that pain is inevitable and suffering is a choice
0: I think suffering is
1: a choice, but I think that everyone goes home and cries. I think that there's There's hurt behind
0: sometimes,
1: Just like that Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, I do truly feel that way like the most beautiful happy successful people, you know they have a struggle to be comfortable somewhere, whether it's when they're alone or whether it's with the people that raise them or whether it's when they confront global disasters or wars. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I truly don't believe that everyone being happy all the time would be good for anyone.
0: No, there has to be balance.
1: Yeah, there has to be balance, but there has to be grace in that.
0: The whole universe was literally based on a blip, like, (laughs) you know, like we aren't a cosmic burp. Yeah, like we have opposite forces from the very Mm get-go. Like we are basically built on opposite forces and like we have to have one to have the other. Yeah. And it doesn't mean it
1: sucks any less. It doesn't. And it doesn't mean, I think this is another one of those, like the older I get, the more and more I realize it to be true is that I don't have a responsibility over other people's feelings. And that doesn't mean not caring about them or wanting to change those feelings, but knowing that it doesn't reflect on me and how successful I am to myself. I think that's a
0: boundary Mm -hmm. too, though. Totally. You know, that's a respectful,
1: like, emotional boundary. Yeah, because it's hard to spend time around people that are hurting so badly and want to help Mm -hmm. and not know how or not feel like you have the words. But,
0: I mean, most of the time you don't.
1: There's no words to like put a band aid on it. No, in fact, there are a lot of words that people think do that that do the opposite. I have had I have had a fit multiple times in my life when people tell me everything was going to be okay.
0: Oh, I hate that. They one. don't know
1: you're fine. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. You'll you'll get over it. Yeah, and like so much peace. Like there, but there are there are phrases. There are words that maybe not a band aid, but a crutch, like mm-hmm. something to lean on. On while it's still hurting until you feel healthy and for me that's definitely like in the realm of this too shall pass this is a moment in time like nothing just, lasts forever no that one i don't think works for me because no? some things some things last for lifetimes like <laughs> that one works for me yeah i mean there have been wars that have gone on for hundreds of years it's true but um i i think internal and external wars, but yes but I but knowing that I live and I feel emotion in the way that you described earlier so vividly, like and then it passes. and knowing that if I can, you know, if I can survive a moment, I can theoretically survive all the moments afterwards. totally you know, thus far. but uh, acknowledging that time continues to march on.
0: Yeah, time's not gonna stop for you. No, it's not gonna stop
1: for anybody. Mm -mm. Only, only time can address weird vibes (laughs) in a bad mood. I think. I totally. A weak salve for deep wounds, they
0: say. You are just full of them. Look at you go! I can't
1: ever like remember any quotes. Mm, I just can't remember who said them first. Oh. That's fine. Yeah. We're going to go with Mark Twain. Okay. On all of them. All of them. Yeah. He, I mean, he was. Most, most commonly misattributed, quotable, notable.
0: Totally. Okay, I'm going to pee my pants. Okay. Thank you so much, Anna, for coming. Yeah. And I hope you come again. I will. Yeah. Totally. Thank you. Anyway, have a wonderful week, guys. Um, I don't know. Just be nice to each other. Yeah. All right, bye.